Our first reading is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 34, and verses 53 to 56. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you continue speaking to us through your word and that the Lord Jesus would uh, be present to us, that your Holy Spirit would work in us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you sit down. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. There are some attributes of Jesus as we 
read through the Gospels that, that perhaps cause conflicting reactions in us. If we take uh, his majesty, for example, we, we see it at the Transfiguration, uh, and it's remarkably attractive, perhaps something we, we would long to see. And yet at the same time, we, we see Peter babbling away like a madman, and we wonder, would I be reduced to that kind of foolishness? Or perhaps we, we see him in his, his integrity, uh, utterly faultless. And again, it's wonderfully alluring and, and desirable to see someone who, who is always true, always honest. And yet at the same time, it's that truthfulness and honesty that leads to some stern rebukes of the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. And I, perhaps you, wonder, well, how would I stand up to that? And we need to to take Jesus in his fullness. But we come to the story that we had today from Mark's Gospel. And we hear that phrase, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And in that, there's, there's no cause for alarm. There's no cause for any kind of conflict within us. It's, it's just purely attractive mercy and goodness flowing out to needy people like you and me. That there's no cause for us to hesitate in coming to someone who had such great compassion. And his compassion shows itself at, at the most difficult of times. Uh, just imagine a, a busy week or, or two that you've had. Perhaps the, the family have been around, you've, you've had a wonderful time, um, but then, then they've left and you thought, oh, well, it would be nice to have a bit of a rest now. Or, or maybe something at, at work has come up, you've had a, a particularly um, important project to do, and again, it, it's something that fills you with, with satisfaction as you um, work on it, but it just requires extra time, and, and after a couple of weeks, you're ready for a rest. And so you get home and you, you switch on the kettle and you make yourself a cup of tea. You settle into your favorite chair, perhaps with a book or a magazine. And the phone rings. I, I really need your help. Could you come around now, please? There's no one else I can call. I've, I've gone through the list. You're the only person that I'm aware of. Please, could you come and help? Well, how would, how would you respond? Uh, I, I've... Imagined a few thoughts that have gone through my own heads at times when I'm thinking I'm settling down to a nice relaxing time and realizing that's not going to be the case. Um, perhaps frustration, perhaps um, concern for the person, but awareness of your own tiredness. Um, perhaps trying to think through if there's anyone else who could possibly take on that work. And that's the situation that, that Jesus was in. His disciples had come back from, from a wonderfully exciting but exhausting preaching tour. They've been sent out by him, they've been preaching, they've been healing the sick, they've seen amazing things. And so he says, now come away, because the people are crowding in, they don't even have time to eat. Uh, There are so many people coming and going. He says, come away, let's rest. And so they go away, but as they go, the crowds see Jesus, they recognize him, and they pursue him, they run as fast as they can to him. And so when they get to their place where they're going to have a nice, relaxing weekend away, there's a massive crowd outside the door. They can't get away. 
But Jesus doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't sigh and think, oh, fine, okay. No, he sees them and he has compassion on them. There's no, no wishing that they were somewhere else, looking for someone else. Just compassion. And we can understand the reaction of the people when we, when we reflect on Jeremiah's words that we heard. They had not had this for years and years and years. God's people had not had a good shepherd for many years. And so the people had just done whatever they could to survive, gone to, to wherever they could for something, anything, to get some kind of rest, some kind of wisdom, some kind of help. They just tried to survive while they waited for God to send his good shepherds. And when he came, they could see the difference. They knew that this was someone they could go to at any time, in any situation, and receive compassion. And so when they, when they crowd around again and interrupt Jesus' plans for rest with his disciples, well, he's not frustrated because those people are his plan. They're his mission. They're the reason he was there, to, to gather them, as Jeremiah said, to restore them, to, to make them fully human again, in fact. He was willing to, to give up his own rest, to give others rest. He gave up his own time because they needed his time. He gave up his own life to give them life. Those people were his mission. We are also his mission. Often we can, we can enter into the Christian life very aware of that need for compassion, just attracted to Jesus and his mercy and his goodness. And then as we, as we grow and as we walk with him, perhaps we, we feel like actually now he wants our busyness, he wants our work. But he always is ready to give compassion. His disciples received his compassion in the same way. They'd been out doing ministry. They'd been out doing lots of good and important things. And they come back to him and he sees, no, you need rest. He has compassion on them. As much as he has it on the crowds who, who haven't done anything for him. Who've just come because they need from him. See, he's compassionate to, to those coming to him for the first time. And he's compassionate to, to the disciples who have been serving him and working hard for him. He gives them all rest. As Charles Wesley wrote, Jesus, thou art all compassion. Pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. As we gather this morning, as we gather uh, around the Lord's table, we come to a saviour who wishes to give us compassion, to give us rest, who welcomes all of us. We don't need to hesitate. As we hear the familiar words, as we see uh, and take the bread and wine, 
we see his compassion extended to us. And as we do so, we receive his strength to give compassion to those around us. Amen.